Hello and welcome to episode 50, a bit of a departure from contact centres today but you should know about the link between Naomi House Jack Cage's Children's Hospice and Get Out of Rack. So to hear more, uh, today I talked to Lucy Graves, a regional fundraiser at Naomi House and she brings to life the, the great work that you're doing. Now over to Lucy. Joining me on the 50th episode of Get Out of Rack. Today is Lucy Gray from Naomi House, Jack's Place. Hello, Lucy. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thanks. This is, you're my celebrity, the 50th. <gasps> 50th episode. What a privilege. It's a, it's a deep, deep honour. Did you get your um, flask, by the way? We did. Thank you so much. Yay. We did. And here it is now. <laughs> I did love, I love it. I'm in the office today. If I was at home, I would be, I would be using it. Yeah, thank you. Well, we need, we, we need a photo of you holding it up because that's kind of the, not for today, but um, of course. just before, before we publish. So, um, you know, my um, per, kind of personal connection with Naomi House Jack's Place, but for, and I've tried to public, you know, talk about it as much as possible on the podcast, but it would be great for people listening who don't know about Naomi House uh, or, and what you do and the, a bit about your history, if you could um, just let us know a little bit about the great work that you guys do. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So uh, we're, I'm, I'm a fundraiser at Naomi House and Jack's Place. Um, Naomi House is a children's hospice and Jack's Place is a young adults hospice. We are located in, uh, on a site in Winchester, um, but we look after children and young adults with life-limiting conditions, um, and we look after them and their families, predominantly for respite stay, so the hospices um, are set up so that children can, and their families can come to stay with us, um, and they can come and stay with us and have 24-hour medical care um, and use kind of facilities and have opportunities to experience things that they wouldn't usually be able to do uh, sort of in the outside world um, or at home. So the respite element really is full of joy and fun and laughter and uh, creating memories and special moments. And that, you know, we're so proud to be able to offer that to families who, who need the support. Um, and yeah, we have a really high uh, level of medical care because each of the child's needs are very different and really complex. Um, and we look after children and young adults that have a real variety of conditions. So um, it's very varied uh, here and the type of care is really specific to each individual. Um, and yeah, alongside the respite, um, the other elements that we, we support families with is um, emergency care, end of life care, um, and bereavement support and family support. Um, and that can be accessed by parents, siblings, grandparents, um, close family, uh, whenever they need to. So we will be there for them at those last moments and then really help them through uh, bereavement um, and ongoing support. So families can access our care for, for years and years as, as much as they want to. We'll always kind of be there to do that. Um, Naomi House is 
for children zero to 16 year olds. So um, it's set up is, is for, for young children. And then we built Jack's Place about 10 years ago and that was built you know, with a real specific demand and uh, where we felt there was a real gap in support for young adults, so from 16 up to 35 year olds. Um, and so it's a real uh, place to uh, highlight independent living and to, so young adults can have peer-to-peer um, access um, mm. and to be able to do things that they should and could do at their age um, and uh, have loads of fun and do things that uh, they can do alongside people that have similar a similar lifestyle to them. Um, and we're one of, I think, eight young adult hospices in the country. So there is this real demand for care. No, it's not at all. So there is this real demand for care for young adults of that age where, you know, naturally they wouldn't, they've kind of outgrown the, the child hospice and, you know, they're, they're, no, they're not certainly ready to go to an elderly hospice. Um, and so it really uh, is an amazing place for young adults to ac access uh, and have a real kind of fun life experience. Um, and so we offer it to families across the South. So we're, we, we're seven counties, but we're kind of more becoming a bit further afield. So, you know, we're, we're certainly here and ready and open for people that need our support that might be slightly further afield. And, and we work really closely with other hospices um, and uh, hospitals to be able to kind of make sure that we can help anyone. You said a couple of um, couple of things there that I guess uh, you maybe some people their perception they wouldn't expect. So you said fun and joy and happiness and it's a happy place and some of the respite the respite part of it is about creating happy memories. Do you, do you do you find that people um, have a perception that it's great work that you do, but actually it must be quite quite a depressing place when in fact the reality is the reverse yeah definitely it is interesting I mean it you know it depends on the individual and what their background is and and what they know of, of the the industry or the healthcare industry um but yeah I really come across that very often people saying to me as a fundraiser so very clear I don't work in the care element at all I, you know I'm not mm. I'm not a nurse I'm not a carer I work in the fundraising department and and people really often, and it's so lovely, they say, oh, I could never do what you do. You know, your, you, your job, you know, how do you go in there every day? How do you experience that? And, you know, so often sitting in the office, not so much this year, but, you know, so often we're on this beautiful site in Sutton Scotney and you hear his laughter and fun and joy. They're having water fights outside and, everything is kind of themed around each week, the play team theme around a different, um, a different aspect. And so there'll be games and therapy that is molded around particular themes and food that's uh, really specific to, you know, to fun things and Mexican night or, you know, pizza night, they'll get dominoes in, at the young adults hospice. The pool is probably like the most fun for the, for the most 
for most families that come in because you know they can't go swimming anywhere else that isn't an mm. option for them to well, to go on holiday or go for a swim or to their local pool it's just not an option to do that all together and so mm. when we are able to have siblings and parents and and the child come and swim with us and we've got these incredible sensory lights and sounds and uh, the pool is obviously a hydrotherapy pool and it's so brilliant it's so much fun and we have uh, sensory rooms our garden's got loads of um, equipment and games that uh, people in wheelchairs can use it's fully accessible and it and it feels so light and uplifting and we you know purposefully we've painted it really bright and it you know when a family comes in and opens the door they should be able to relax their shoulders take a deep breath and, and be like oh we, we're here we're gonna have mm. a really lovely time while we're here and and the, the level of care and the detail that each team you know from the housekeeping team to the chefs to the you know the consultant to the nurse the detail for each family is what kind of makes the, the, the experience here is so incredible because everything is tailored towards that family and that and that individual's needs um, because it absolutely has to be and also you know they might remember that a, a, a young child might not like the color blue particularly mm -hmm. and so you know they'll make sure that there's no blue balls in the in the sensory pit you know it's, it's stuff like that that is really and the the food, the chef and the food element is something that's really kind of fascinated me and I've learned so much about is, you know, as you can imagine, there's all of the children have such different needs that their food plan for when they stay with us has to be so incredibly detailed, but also they want to make it really fun and tasty and fresh and handmade food. There's different consistencies, you know, if, you, if, if you're eating through a straw um, or a tube, there ha there's like five different levels of consistencies that um, food has to be liquidated into. Um, and then there's things that uh, really are a treat for someone or they, you know, or allergies or uh, intolerances, all of that stuff. But each time we have an amazing chef here and, and each, each time, a family stays there you know they're getting best the best and, and that's just it's just giving them a really special experience they're like you know a, a vip experience mm -hmm. that they deserve so that they don't have to be cooking a meal whilst looking after what their child that might need 24-hour care minute to minute and mm -hmm. have other siblings it just gives them all that break um and yeah, we're, we're so proud to be able to do that. And this year's obviously posed a lot of problems and, uh, you know, fundamentally all we want to do is get back to offering it to as many people as possible. Have you still been able to operate or, but you've been able to operate with restrictions? So it's been really varied. I mean, from this time last year, this is, we're recording this in March 21, um, it's been, up, you know it's changed so many times like you know like any mm. any company or business that's been running there's been so many stops and starts and restrictions but for us obviously uh, the vulnerability of the children uh, has been at the core of the safety of what we can and can't do um, mm. there was a point last summer where we 
felt confident to open for booked respite again. So that was like a real huge relief to be able to have families that wanted to and felt confident and safe uh, to do so, that they came and stayed with us for booked respite. But what we've done throughout is offered an emergency care and end of life care. And that has kind of stayed throughout, throughout the year. So when the families need us the most, we, we're, we're here. Um, but we kind of have to be governed by the rules of lockdown in that, you know, we're in a current lockdown, um, the social distancing in the hospices, the PPE. And, you know, as you can imagine, remember back in, you know, at the last year, at the beginning of the, of the crisis, there were so many issues with PPE and access. And, you know, we were amongst that. And so we couldn't do anything uh, that wasn't safe. Um, we did actually, right at the beginning last year, we did, we did kind of close, which was, this was kind of a time where we didn't really know what was happening or anybody. Yeah. So it yeah. felt like we just had to sign up, just put a mark and say, okay, we need to collect our thoughts and, and see how we're going to fit into this landscape for the next few months. And we did actually support Basingstoke and Winchester hospitals. And we actually had some non-COVID NHS patients come and stay with us. And that was to support the NHS with the kind of, uh, kind of bed situation and so we stepped in for our community at that point to do that um, and then they you know after a while like, they didn't require that help so then we kind of went back to, to focusing on what we kind of do best but yeah then you know we are hoping to be open for respite you know as as soon as we can and we're planning to do that and I'm assuming it's had a an impact on fundraising as well yeah, you've got, absolutely. The, is, is this right from the website? So it, you've brought it to life a little bit there about the level of individual detail that goes into providing some life-changing memory, you know, re that respite element. Um, but it's was it nine million a year to run? And yeah. only 10% comes from government. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's a big number that we have to raise each year that it's, it's over nine million pounds a year to, to run the hospices that we usually, you know, we're open 365 days a year, 24 hours. Um, and we've got, you know, they're big sites and we've got a lot of equipment that the cost of equipment is so vast and it's things you don't, you know, necessarily think about and and the the staff that we have we also have some retail shops um, that really support our, our fundraising and that obviously we haven't we've been open mm. a few months in 12 months this year and so we're so excited to be back open in April um, but yeah fundraising wise this year has been tough naturally because things that were meant to be happening that we had planned for events uh, gatherings, community groups, um, schools, all of those things haven't been happening, you know, it, people haven't been able to meet up to traditionally fundraise in the ways that they would, um, and so yeah, we've, we've taken a real dip in fundraising, I think we're about 40% down in fundraising this year, which is really, you know, a, a hard pill, pill to swallow, it's, as a fundraiser, you know, you mm -hmm. feel so 
you know, helpless. But what we have been able to do is um, try some new stuff and uh, give some things the chance that we wouldn't have necessarily done before. Uh, I mean, I personally was furloughed for three months last year. Um, and I, thankfully, you know, I'm back working full time, which is, uh, I feel lucky to be able to do that. But it's kind of, we've pivoted some things in the, in the obvious ways, like we've uh, turned some events virtual. And we've really noticed that there might be less people taking part, but the donations and fundraising on sponsorship is higher per individual. So where we thought there'd be this big gap, it's kind of got smaller because uh, people are being more generous to individuals. It's just less people mm -hmm. doing it. So that's quite an interesting uh, model. We've turned a lot of events, uh, you know, onto Zoom. We've got a comedy night coming up on Thursday. Um, that is a great example of, well, we would have had to make a decision of where to have the event. So that really already limits the exposure, especially for us, because we are across seven counties. We have to pick somewhere across those areas that sort of does limit us in, in yeah. the amount of people that come. So it's especially for something that is, uh, you know, people aren't training to do something or they're putting time and effort into uh, a, a, a marathon or, or whatever. It's something that actually is just fun and that they would like to take part in we have been able to build a relationship with uh, the comedians who are on the lineup. And so they're really invested in what we're doing. Um, and, you know, we've got no limit to tickets. We can sell as many as we want. And that, again, is, we don't have to think about the hazards and the fire and safety and the, all of that stuff. So it's quite interesting that, whereas we wouldn't have naturally thought about doing that, uh, we, moving forward, will probably always almost always have some sort of virtual element to it um which is you know something we've learned and it's a positive thing to come out of it and that's this <laughs> thursday you say this thursday uh <laughs> line up uh yeah on the 11th it's 8pm tickets are on our website um they're six quid a ticket and we've got uh shappy corsandy lloyd griffith uh paul mccaffrey and sean walsh so a really funny lineup, and um, I will be doing the raffle. So you know, look out for that. I won't be doing any jokes though. Are you going to be doing a? You're not going to be doing a turn on there then? No. Oh my goodness! Imagine that's what my friends keep saying. I don't know whether that's like a compliment or not, but they keep saying, "Oh, are you going to do a bit?" I'm like, "No, obviously <laughs> not." You would have a good time. Is it a little bit like the Goodfellas scene where they said, "You am I funny to you?" Not funny to you. Am I not a serious yeah. person? <laughs> I am quite probably quite serious in my job, but yeah, I'm I'm not in my uh in my social circles. <laughs> <laughs> and that just to um, is the website the best place for all to find out about all of the different um absolutely yeah going on. It's a really great place because that's where we kind of put up new stories about people's fundraising efforts and people do amazing things for us. And I just actually gonna do a shout out. We've got two supporters, um, Debbie and Sarah, and they are running 860 miles in 17 days consecutively. Wow. So each day, starting from the 18th of March, they are running a marathon 
They're running one way a marathon, turning around and running a marathon back, then going to sleep, then waking up and doing that again the next day for 17 days. Like, is, that dis is that distance Land's End to John O'Groats? Exactly. So, yeah, they had planned to do um, wow. Joe but their trip was cancelled. They're based in sort of Basingstoke area. So they have decided to go, they, they're going along the Avon, I think it's Avon Tenet Canal. Um, so any people in that area, if you see two women running in Naomi House shirts, please cheer and clap them on. And if anyone wants to know more details about how they can donate, yeah. um, eat to 8,000 calories a day. Like, That's insane. Whilst running. I mean, I can't, I actually can't comprehend it, but they are the most amazing women. They are so funny and jovial and gorgeous. Um, so I'm going to be cheering them on as a conveniently. Well, not conveniently. There's a pub halfway which won't be open. Um, so I'll be in the car park at their halfway. With, with four cans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with four yes. cans. Yeah. So, you know, people just... Yeah. That's amazing. Extreme efforts for us. And my job is to support those people and drum up as much kind of support and interest and donations. You know, they're they're hoping to raise about 10 grand, which wow. is remarkable. But you know, they're already they haven't started and they're already at six. And so that's brilliant. I'm gonna try and get it in the press as well because I think it's fab, fab effort. Yeah, just it is. People have been doing some amazing, yeah. amazing things, haven't they? Selfless. Just, yeah just to do things i think it's hard you've got to be something wrong with you if you can't resonate with what uh, you guys you guys do you said something way way back actually just about kind of families exhaling and that just mm -hmm. that kind of hit me i just think about i wonder if families have put off even trying to go anywhere else because they know the hassle of wherever they're going and will people be able to accommodate them and they've got all of these absolutely necessary requirements mm -hmm. that they just think oh sod it just I'm not I'm not going to go so yeah I mean I can't I can't speak for families going through that but yeah I I would imagine this and yeah there would be a lot of anxiety around going to going anywhere as a family and it not being too stressful I mean families generally are like should we even bother going on holiday it's so stressful getting in the car getting there you know it, it's so it's so tricky having the right food da, 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 da. so um yeah I, I think that's a really important point and actually that's something I saw I was doing a tour when we were able to have people come and visit I was showing some supporters around and at the time a family you know came in and I genuinely saw the shoulders go from up you know up here to mm. and they just as soon as they walk through that door and that is you know that's that's an amazing thing that we're able to do for people just so that they can have that those few moments you know for a night two nights three nights to just kind of bring their their level of relaxation up and their stress down and for the the child to have an amazing time just so much fun yeah yeah how do the children get how do they become like part of your um you know whole environment is are they referred by specialists yeah. or yeah so it's usually a referral it can be from um hospital or kind of gp doctors um and 
you know, the require the requirements are that they have a life limiting condition. Mm. Um, and we at Naomi House and Jack Space are able to uh, look after the needs of the most children with the most complex needs. Mm. Um, and that's something we're really sort of uh, stand out about because we're, we're able to do that confidently and we have the equipment and the knowledge here to be able to do that. Um, but yes, it's re referrals. And interestingly, you know, there's some really amazing stories and case studies on the website where at the beginning almost you know probably over half of the beginning of each of those stories the parents will say we were referred to Naomi House and Jack's place but we weren't at the beginning we weren't sure because even they have these connotations of mm. what it might be like and that mm. you know this this fear that they don't want to have to be going using a respite service you know mm. and, and what that kind of what that means for their family to be able to use that but it almost kind of immediately in the next paragraph it will turn to oh you know it's the best thing we ever did um but yeah that kind of because if you haven't been you don't you don't really know what it's like do you you, you can't imagine how how it's going to feel and and almost you know the control that they individuals have at home over everything they almost need to kind of relinquish a bit of that to enjoy the to enjoy the experience really and that must be tough you, you mentioned supporters how for people listening um how can people support both individually and certainly in our industry kind of corporate yeah. um, social responsibility and wanting to make a, a difference is really important but for supporters how how can people help how can so people get involved yeah there's so many ways and we we ha we try to have a real kind of plethora of options for people so that you know you don't have to be 14 you don't have to be you know uh necessarily you know able to confident or you know uh there's so many options you can sit back and attend something silently so you know you can um uh, attend one of these virtual gigs you know and, and enjoy mm. it for yourself and that donation something like comedy now we've got no costs so that you know is immediately a donation for us um you can take on mad challenges for us and and uh usually within a kind of sports realm you can donate goods and clothes to our, any of our charity shops um you could volunteer for us volunteer your time so um, you know, we look, we always looking for marshals at events or um, people to, to help us make phone calls, you know, depending on what your skill set is, you can provide. We try to say that, you know, anyone can provide a, 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 an offering, no matter what you're into, you know, because we we're doing something moment with young people it's called speak up where we're trying to you know look out for young volunteers to support us where you know actually for us to have a bit more insight into social media or calls you know to have some training on getting having some really positive conversations mm -hmm. on the phone you know not asking for donations but uh you know relationship building rapport building um we have some training companies uh, or HR companies that come in and do some training with us. Um, yeah, you can volunteer 
almost anything. I say, you know, if you if you like horse riding and you're part of a horse riding community, you can create a fundraising element from what you do generally with your friends and uh, connect it to us. Um, same as, you know, if you like cooking, you can do a bake sale. If you like music, if you like comedy, if you, you know, there's so many things uh, that we, and then we will go on to support you. And, and corporate, we find um, the, the kind of staff morale and culture is really uh, enhanced by having a charity partnership. Um, the locality, you know, often there's a real uh, high on the kind of agenda of uh, things companies are looking for is that making a difference in their area. So uh, us being a regional charity means that we are able to communicate with, um, uh, with companies that are close to us by saying, you know, you're making a difference in the area in which you operate. Um, and we have loads of uh, things that fun things that we can do with companies. So, again, in the usual time, um, we have something called Store Wars, which is where a company will um, kind of go into teams and then we will allocate them one of our charity shops. And for the day, they kind of have to take over the shop. Um, That's great. Yeah, it's so fun and it's competitive. They get certain points for certain things. Um, they kind of uh you know can have a dress up theme they can think of you know things that they could fundraise for on the day you know they can contribute to trying to get as many sales in the day as well so that that's quite a fun thing to do for half a day um in one of our shops we've also just made which i think really cool um almost like a uh oh gosh what's it called a oh gosh What's it called when you're like um, a thingy room, escape room? Oh my goodness, it's really hard. <laughs> that was uh, a mental escape room. Yeah, is it? Yeah, a online escape room. So we've designed um, this kind of this program that is uh, to do with Naomi House. So the clues and everything's to do with Naomi House. Oh, that's brilliant. Tour of different rooms, um, and uh, you kind of will learn and some really annoying like brain teasers along the way um but again something you can do you know as part of a, a company the other you know the other great things is that we can um aligning yourself to a charity uh, within your local area or a charity that you're connected to um you know it sets you aside from competitors um mm -hmm. it you, know, you can go as you know, gung ho as you you want to. We we any events that you do, you know, we can be there. We can you know support with raffle items and auction items, and um, you know we can have people come and talk to all of the staff. Um, we will support you if you know your CEO or any of the team want to do one of our challenges, and we will make you know a big big fuss around that. And loads of fundraising ideas will help you with. Um, ways to really uh, get your fundraising to a really good point. Um, and yeah, we rely so much on corporate supporters and it is a real partnership. You know, we, it's, it's very um, important to know that we, we understand that you guys want to support us, but also we, we can help, you know, make sure that 
uh, people know that it's happening and we have support with, you know, news story and on our social media and, you know, LinkedIn's quite big for us now and any big donate, any big donations will make a big, you know, big show. Yeah. And, and it is amazing because, um, you know, it's the company, but it's all of the employees as well for us to be able to speak to one person that then filters down to a group or a team of people that's really great because that's you know we've got two prongs to always what we do is raise awareness and raise money so the more people that know about what we're doing and connect to what we're doing is is the better uh, and so working with corporates is great because we're usually we'll have a main sort of contact and then their job is to kind of well we'll help them communicate that to the team and then more people know about us and we, we, we totally rely, apart from the 10% government funding, on donations. And mm -hmm. so it, it really is important for more people to know as possible. I'd, I'd love for someone that's been listening to this to get in touch with you. And, um... I'd love that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I would like to think... Um, you know when whenever i've done something we ran around my town is just as father christmas oh, that was great yeah. actually it was brilliant santa fun yeah. run i know it's a bit weird talking about christmas now but shout out to santa fun run and we'll be coming back next year and, and that people can do that anywhere we're gonna yeah. have a virtual element or we'll have events uh actual events probably in winchester and salisbury and southampton but people can do that anywhere and we'll send you a you, suit. You, yeah, you were great. You sent the, the suits. And um, I don't know whether it's lockdown or something like that, but it was just great. I mean, the amount of people that were beeping horns and shouting. And, I know. Um, it, was, it was like being famous for the day. I loved it. My arm yeah. was hurting from waving. Not it's my great, legs. Isn't it? I was like, yeah. And we were trying, we were going to go like a more scenic route. And then we were like, should we go along the road a bit longer so we can feel like, people loving us we're frightening people's days <laughs> yeah it was it was brilliant yeah. I absolutely concur with that and um I just think this whole thing I what you do is 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 brilliant the fundraising element because you have to be creative and I think there's a lot of creative people in the mm, industry that absolutely. this podcast is is aimed at and like you say volunteering I think people people need to kind of sometimes a bit closed going and like you say unless it's a sport related thing I don't know how I can help other than just donate when in fact like you saying earlier volunteering expertise volunteering knowledge or commitment to do something is just as just as valuable so I'd love to think that someone will be able to list after listening to this get in touch with yes, you please. And, yeah yeah <laughs> lucy.gray <laughs> at naomihouse.org.uk there you go that was smooth um, very very smooth and on that bombshell um <laughs> and the website is also the best place isn't it to yes yeah naomihouse.org.uk yeah it's it's got everything you might need and more on there how you can donate how you can uh, get involved with any of our events and also fundraising ideas and things coming up um and then contact information to, to get in touch with us. That's great. Lucy, thank you very much for coming thank on. Thank you. Being the, Congrats the on the 50th episode. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thank you.
Kuyla Bui Lucy was great and the work that they do Naomi has in that space is amazing. Who better to hear from though than um, one of the families themselves and this is a story that Lucy provided uh, to me it's also on uh, YouTube if you want to see the full story uh, but here let's hear about Ollie. Ollie is very very cheeky he loves people and loves life smiles constantly delights in making other people smile as well just finds joy in life Alternating hemiplegia of childhood means that any muscle in Ollie's body can become paralysed at any time. So obviously the, his arms and legs, but also the muscles that control his eyes. He has had a fixed and dilated pupil, which normally freaks medical people out a lot. And at that point he still wasn't diagnosed, so that was an interesting hospital stay. It also affects his swallowing, um, so that he's now on a feeding tube. It affects his breathing, his heart, every single muscle. Ollie's breathing difficulties happen at night time as well as during the day. And we've had to not know every time we wake up whether he's going to be alive or not. We never... Um, fully rest because there's always part of you that's got half an ear open anytime he does sleep I'm in an absolute panic and I always send Adrian in because I can't face the idea that I have to walk in and he might not be alive we knew that for the rest of our lives we would never know where we were at from one minute to the next because there's no warning these episodes of weakness happen but to never know whether your child can stand or walk or when Ollie is going to stop breathing and how long he's going to stop breathing for effectively we don't know he could die tomorrow or he could die in 10 years time we have no idea and no way to know and obviously that's quite difficult to live with um, and we have to push it to the back of our minds and try and create that balance and have as much fun as we possibly can. When we go to Naomi House, we often spend time in the garden. They've got some amazing wheelchair bikes, so being able to be on a bike with Ollie is really, is really special. They absolutely love the sensory room. Lucy spends most of her time in the arts and crafts room. There is a lot of mess involved normally. The other thing that probably really important is it's the only place that we can swim as a family. So the hydro pool is really important. Going to a public pool just isn't an option as a family, but we can do that at Naomi House. Pretty much every day we're there, we go in the pool. It's one thing that both Lissy and Ollie really, really look forward to. The best thing about Naomi House, other than the amazing nurses and being there and not having to, to worry and when you've got medical emergencies, know that there's somewhere else to back you up. The cake's pretty good. <laughs> just a sense of relief and a sense of fun and being able to walk away at tea time and knowing that the nurses would put Ollie to bed and Lucy being able to give her for probably the first time ever time just her and Adrian and I 
It's a chance to just be mum and dad. We don't have that time where we can not worry about medicines, not worry about needing to change him and all of the care side of things. And for somebody else to do that for us, as well as being able to sleep all night. On our most recent stay, the comms team left out some baby shark costumes. And so I put the baby shark costume on and hid in the ball pool until they came in <laughs> and then jumped up and surprised them. So much screaming ensued. <laughs> Making memories is really important to us as a family because it's being able to remember the good times and not have Ollie's diagnosis as something that clouds our memory. I don't want to be able to have to look back and only remember those things from Ollie's childhood and particularly the last few years and neither do I want Lissy to look back and not have fun memories. So having space where we can do crazy things like jumping in ball pits dressed as sharks is even more important. I'm incredibly proud of Ollie. He just lights up a room when he's in it and I know he's brought so much joy to so many people. I wouldn't I really wouldn't change him for the world. Powerful stuff, I'm sure you'll agree. Thanks very much for listening and allowing me to kind of divert your attention away from contact centres. I'm sure you'll agree it's a, a very worthy cause. They do amazing stuff at uh, Naomi House, Jack's Place, and totally rely on um, funding at least 90% of it. Uh, if you don't manage to get tickets to the comedy night, then for the month of March, I'll be trying to raise £105 by running 105 miles. So not much. It won't take uh, much of a donation for you to make a large contribution. So please just check out Martin Teasdale's Run to Respite on Just Giving and if you can make a donation.